From now on, my wife says that every podcast should be about her and how cool she is. Welcome to the Gospel of Kennison, episode 185, brought to you the week of August 15th, 2035, the future. I'm your host. My name is James Kennison, and this is my personal audio journal. Thanks for listening. It's a Tuesday, not a Monday, but you know, I'm getting one out. And this counts. The last episode, I talked about how I was going to fight depression creeping in by doing extra working extra hard and trying to overcome it. Today is one of those days. I wasn't able to do one yesterday because of a concert that I went to, but I did today and today and yesterday were not great days. So yay, James. Woohoo. I don't know. I don't deserve. Oh, just stop. No, I don't deserve all the applause. Stop, stop, stop. It's, it's just me, uh, you know, getting through it. So look, there has been a request from you guys. I asked last week, what do you want to hear about every week? You know, that I could do, you know, normal updates so I could add. And many of you said, we want family updates. We don't give a crap about you. We want to know your family. One specific individual said, I've been listening so long. You've been podcasting so long that it seems like I've watched your children grow up. Okay. So here is the update. My wife, (laughs) who is awesome. And this show is going to be all about from now on. She has, she, she's on a diet and she has to lose three whole pounds. Wow. This comes from a guy that is pushing 300. Apparently, this is hard for her. She is so small and thin, but she says her clothes are tight. And so she has to get through. Uh, She was doing Weight Watchers. Now she's counting calories. She has a nutritionist that just popped up through her job for free. She gets a set amount of sessions. And she is eating nuts and she's got some sort of bird seed that she's boiling and eating instead of rice. It's like quinoa or something like that. I don't know, but it's bird seed for, for sure, for sure. But it smells like rice once it's cooked. And I tried some and uh, it's bird seed. It is. So she is doing this. Apparently it's difficult. I could, I lost five pounds doing my cleanse for my colonoscopy if if you need to know about that so jenna is a whole different story she's leaving for college tomorrow tomorrow and this is uh an exciting thing in our home because there's a lot of stuff piled up in the corner and it'll all be gone tomorrow i'm i'm looking forward to her going there is a reality to this that Jen and I have felt like a guest in our own homes for a while because she is having a lot of people over and she cooks, she bakes a lot. She always has, but it's like she needs her own space. You know, she doesn't have her own space. She's turned into a little adult and she needs her own space. She doesn't have it. She's using ours and it comes across in little ways. Like, you know, she'll be watching television with friends and we try to bend our way around that. And, and it's our floor plan on the main level is kind of open. 
And so if you watch television, you can hear it in the kitchen, you know, in the dining room, the whole thing. And so we try to stay out of the way. But when I'm downstairs and I'm playing Clone Hero, which we'll talk about a little later because it's awesome. And I got my music pumped. I hear the door slam upstairs like I am putting someone out. And I'm like, Dadgum, it's my house. By God, I should be allowed to play my music and rock out. And so I'm I'm ready for her to go. I'm ready to release her into the world like you would release a dove from a cage. But my wife, totally different. Totally different. She's excited, you know, and happy, and she's ready. But she's also very sad. And she's holding in a lot of tears. She I've see I've caught her letting them out here and there. And that's good. You know, that's good. Cause that's that's good. It is. It just is. It's good. I know this as a husband. It's good for the tears to come out. Because if you if you don't let the tears out, then it turns into pain. And she cares about her daughter. And the way we've talked about it is she said, once you're a mom, and that that switch gets flipped. It doesn't unflip is the way she's described it. And she still worries and still cares and still wants to take care. And I told her she'll always need you and you'll always worry about her. And it'll be in some ways different, but in some ways the exact same. Now, I don't know my role because I never had a father. I don't know. We'll just see. It's like I told my daughter, I don't know. You don't know. We don't know what you'll need from me, but I'll be there for whatever it is. With mom, though, it's pretty obvious, you know. Jen says when she went to college, she called her mom several times a week. So I think Jen is going to be, you know, sad to go and, and to leave her daughter tomorrow. I don't know how I'll react. Like I said, I, I am mostly... I guess I'm compartmentalizing because if I miss her, that's going to be later. You know what I mean? Like I'll miss her and I'll, I'll get sad then. So right now the job is to get her out and get her packed up and get her moved in. If it's empty later, then that's when I'll deal with it. You see, but for my wife, this, her birth, her walking for the first time, her first date, her leaving, her future, all of that is all tied together and swirling around inside of her soul. And it's just what makes her beautiful to me. It is a strength because y'all can handle that. I don't think a single man could. I don't, I don't know how I would, I, I would go crazy. Honestly, if I had to deal with that, I would go crazy. You guys make the world go round. Women and mothers make the world go round. And I see it as a huge testament to how strong specifically my wife is. That she can deal with all of that. And still stay focused on the goal of letting our daughter grow up. So hats off to Jen. She is amazing. 
The only thing I worry about, and Jenna and I have talked about this, it's her first year, and I've kind of pitched it to her that it is it's going to be a test of her character. It's going to be a test of her relationship with God and that she needs to stay focused on what she's there for, which is to get an education. She is a social force to be reckoned with, and she loves people. She loves attention, and all those things make her dangerous to her own future. But she's also extremely hard-headed, focused, and she's not a follower. She's a leader, and she's been that way since kindergarten, and we drilled it into her then. Whether her friends made the dumb tree club. I don't know if any of you guys listened way back in the day, but in kindergarten or preschool or something like that, her friends made a tree club and they decided that they were going to take care of this tree and they were going to make sure it grew. And Jenna was like, no, that's dumb. There was pressure to be in the tree club. You had to, if you weren't in the tree club, you weren't cool with her friends. And she was like, I'm not joining the tree club just so you guys will talk to me. She would come home and tell us about the drama with the girls. I said, here's what you do, baby girl. You say, I'm friends with everybody. I'll be over here. I'll be playing by myself. When you want to be friends with me, come on over here. And that's the way she's always been. Is She's everybody's friend. And if you want to be friends with Jenna, you just go over there and she'll be your friend. But if you're going to be in a clique... If you're going to be uh, snooty, I mean, like when she first joined high school, there was a group of blonde girls that she was welcomed into, but then they decided she wasn't blonde enough and they kicked her out. And she was like, not even bothered by it. She was like, that's absolutely fine. And she immediately, you know, she didn't realize it was a click, but once she did and she was on the outside, she was like, oh, ugh, ugh, whatever. I worry about her, but I don't. Is the party scene going to take her in? Possibly. Is she going to want to drink? Possibly. I don't think drugs are on the table. I really don't. She's got a boyfriend, which is a good thing. I think he's a good guy. So that kind of takes care of some things. She's smart. She's worked hard. She's got some college under her belt. So I'm not worried about her. But if I had, if you had I held a gun in my head and said, what are you worried about? I said, I just worry about this first year. If she can make it through the first year and stay true to who she is, she will, she will be fine. And really the first semester, honestly, if she can make it through there and she'll be fine. But she's rooming with her best friend that she's had since middle school. And she's got a boyfriend that, that believes in God, that is a Christian, that has morals and i think between the two of them they'll keep her in line so jay had his first day of school yesterday it's my boy he reported good things he said that he was really anticipating his schedule and some of the teachers but everybody seems to be cool like every teacher is different but he reports good things uh he has two math classes excited he's he's not thrilled about that he didn't get every class he wanted but it's doing good he has a mullet now he used to just have long hair which was crazy but the mullet's growing on me um it's it's hilarious to me how things have come around it's been 30 years for for the mullet it took 30 years 
but we we all had mullets you know when i was in school and then mullets became you know a, a secret shame and it was mocked and ridiculed and now it's back and everything about teenagers is crazy to me uh, they wear socks with their flip-flops so they call them slides and only 45 year old men did that back in my day we went to a concert last night it was awesome it was part of my birthday gift it was the last one for my 50th we went to see walk off the earth and also Lindsay sterling was playing she was the headliner walk off the earth opened up for her and we stayed for two Lindsay sterling songs but i went to see walk off the earth and it was great it was really fun they're just a fun group they sing positive happy songs and they let their kids come on stage and sing this one song. You ought to look it up on YouTube. It's called My Stupid Heart. Look up the kids version and hear their kids sing. And it's just, oh, it's so good. It's so good. I've always loved innocence, passion, creativity, and this family. Because the two main singers of the, of the band are married. This family singing together and performing together just thrills me to no end. It's the same thrill that I got back in the day with Axe Cop. If you've never heard of Axe Cop, it's axecop.com. The, the webcomic is still up. Start from the beginning, read all the way through. It is written by a five-year-old and illustrated by a 35-year-old older brother. And it is super creative, super raw, <laughs> and violent, you know, because uh, when you're five years old, bad guys are bad and they, they deserve to have their heads chopped off. And that's what X cop does. <laughs> it's very much like watching a kid play, you know? So yeah, if, if you want a, a laugh, a good laugh, and you just want to peek into the mind of, of childhood genius, go check out X cop. It's great. And, uh, walk off the earth is is the same way for me. I don't get too many things in my life that I just get so freaking just happy about. Like getting there was stressful, parking was stressful, finding our seat was stressful. There were three morons that were standing the entire time and I had to watch the whole concert through them because they looked like headbangers. You know, they had all tattooed up, black t-shirts, you know, bleach blonde hair. They look like they should have been at a Metallica concert back in the day, except they had Lindsey Sterling t-shirts on <laughs> and they were dancing and frolicking around the whole time. And I even took a video of them because that's, that was my view of the entire show is watching the show through the dance moves of these, these three hardcore headbangers that love Lindsey Sterling. <laughs> I'm like, you know, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Lindsey Sterling seemed to attract families and a lot of little girls in fancy dresses. I think that's because she inspires those little girls because she is literally like a modern day princess. If you don't know who Lindsey Sterling is, she, she plays violin and dances and she's very easy on the eyes. She's very pretty. She's very talented. She does a lot of choreography and stuff. She's amazing. She really is. Not my thing. You know, we stayed through two songs and then we left. But these guys were <laughs> not 
the target audience, but apparently they love her to death. And my kids said they were stoned. So I can't tell who's stoned anymore or not. So, <laughs> but yeah, it, it was, uh, it was a lot of fun in spite of those guys. And I stood up right there with them when those kids came out and my fist was in the air pumping it. Like, like I was at a Metallica concert or something. It was, it was really great. And it was a great gift. Uh, colonoscopy happened. I don't want to get into the dirty details. If you've had one, you know about it. If you don't, um, they shove a camera up your butt. I thought it was just going to stay local. Apparently they go way in there into your daggum large intestine. There was no problems. James is fine. It went well. I got a good nap out of it. Could have slept longer. My wife said I talked a lot after I woke up. Cause I was just saying whatever came to my mind, but luckily she said this, not me. She said, you're a nice guy. So only nice things came out. And so <laughs> I don't remember a whole lot, but I, I do remember like when I went to the bathroom right after there were these two guys and one of them slammed the door and I wanted to ask him why he slammed the door. And then the guy next to me was going to the bathroom and I wanted to, to talk to him, <laughs> but I knew, I knew somewhere in there that there's a rule that men don't talk to each other in the bathroom, especially while we're doing our business. It's just, it's just the rule. And so I kept my mouth shut. I had the self-control. I love being under sedation. <laughs> this is why I can't do drugs or drink anything because I would be a hardcore drug addict. I tell you I would. I love being asleep. I love being unconscious. <laughs> I love being in deep, restful sleep. And uh, anything that would give me that high or that freedom, oh, I would, uh, mm, mm, mm. but for the grace of God, you know, as they say, there go I. So uh, thank God for his mercy and his grace and the direction that he has put on my life and the, the fear he has put in my heart because I could be a really messed up dude. After the colonoscopy, I slept because I was up from four in the morning and couldn't go back to sleep because I had to drink a bunch of stuff. And like I said, I'll spare you all the gory details, but I could not go back to sleep because I was taking trips to the bathroom every 15 minutes. And there was a thunderstorm and my baby dog that I hate can't stand thunderstorms. So I was like, you know what? I'm up anyway. Why should anybody else have to stay up with her? They all go to school or have jobs. So I stayed up with the dumb dog and kind of bonded with the dumb dog. And so I don't know that I hate her anymore. She's kind of a sweetheart. She's so bad though, y'all. She's so bad. She's just bad because like the trash can in the bathroom was flipped over and there's toilet tissue that people have blown their noses on. She's got it all over the floor. Dogs are so gross. What's their deal? I don't know. But anyway, <sighs> improv class happened the very next day. Improv class is my attempt to get out of the house and to do something because the job hunt is not going well. I've expressed my frustration with jobs. I even went as far as saying, Jen, I should go online and see if I can get a degree in art online. And sure enough, you can. I could even go to Savannah School of Art and Design, which was always my goal, you know, when I got out of high school. But I started looking at it and I'm like, okay, so what jobs would that open up for me? And I and I went through indeed.com and you know, uh all the websites and they don't want to pay anything. They want brand new people 
that you know they're straight out of college that don't know what they want to do and they want to pay them nothing and it's all corporate work and i don't think i'm cut out for that kind of work i don't think i would be satisfied or anything in that kind of work so so far i've changed my mind and i'm going to pursue the possibility of being a stand-up comedian I don't know if it's a good dream or not, but it's a dream and it's a direction and I am terrified of it because it's unknown. You know, I, like I know I can preach. I know I can talk in front of people. I feel like I'm a decent podcaster. I've done it long enough, comfortable with the sound of my own voice, but something about mixing humor in there is opening a whole new gateway, a whole new door, a whole new window from, from me. And, and it's something I'm insecure about. So I am trying improv to try to, to break through that. I had one comedian tell me that, yeah, improv might help, but really you just need to get behind a microphone. And then I saw a video from Jim Gaffigan on YouTube where he went through his whole life story in about 60 seconds. And he was scared to death to get up in front of people and talk and be funny. And he took an improv class and it changed his life. And so that's my hope and my goal for this whole thing is that that'll do the same for me. But I'll tell you, we went to our first class. You know how things are. You're nervous the first time. There's people there that you don't know. But it was like therapy. It was such an accepting and positive atmosphere and everybody was new it's a class zero like they have classes one through five this is class zero for people that don't even want to be on the stage yet really and we played these dumb games that made you feel kind of stupid but it loosened everybody up and it got everybody kind of thinking a certain way and i didn't do great i was second guessing everything i did and wanting to apologize <laughs> for everything because i didn't feel like i picked up cues from other people well let me give you an example of, a, of an exercise we did just so you'll kind of know what, what what we were up to three exercises in one of them we did was three line deals i don't know what to call them but two people would come up me and another person and it was one of our jobs to establish where we were in, in a sentence, a declarative statement. And the second person's job was to establish our relationship to each other. And then the third line could be any declarative statement. And so for an example, me and this lady got close to each other and we're standing there on the stage and she starts climbing. It looked like she was climbing a ladder. She says, this is a great day to be climbing this mountain. And I had to establish relationships. So I'm like, yeah, but why did you invite me? We broke up weeks ago. And then her third line was this reason. And she pushes me off the mountain, you know? So it was funny and uh, witty and, and quick. And she established the location. I established a relationship. She finished it up with, with any statement at all. And so you know, sometimes those come quick. Sometimes they take time, especially if, if you get corrected, like you're always supposed to be generous. Okay. So like there was an exercise where we let go of the three rules and could do a minute. And one of them was, you know, they were in a ball pit and he wasn't allowed to go in the corner of the ball pit. So he of course goes in the corner of the ball pit and she says, 
there's signs up there and they were specifically made for you to stay out of the corner. And he looks up and he says, I don't see these signs. And he got corrected. You have to be generous. You accept what they said and you can disagree with the sign. You can argue about the sign, but if she said there's a sign there, there's a sign there. You have to be generous. You have to take it. And one of the exercises we did before that one was yes. And so uh, that got us in the habit of of that is instead of yes, but, you know, changing the, the narrative, it was yes. And like, we're going to go to McDonald's. Yes. And the other person would literally say, yes. And we're going to get fries. Yes. And I don't like fries. Yes. And I understand that. I accept that. But we're going anyway. So it was a way to keep the narrative going without changing it and it was a very positive experience. I will also say, since it's my GOK, that I shook hands with, uh, not my first trans person, but um, it's the first time I shook hands with a trans person and, and was introduced. I thought it was a lady, you know, putting her bike up. It was obviously a, a man with long hair and a dress and introduced themselves as Victoria. I thought they were a teacher or in my class, but they, I guess they just wanted to introduce themselves. So that was interesting. And, and it's, it's good. It's good for me to get out in the real world. I've been stuck in this house for years. You know, I, I know David and Sherry and Stacy and Ryan and my wife and my kids. And that's it. That's my whole world. So it was good to get out. It's good to test my boundaries and figure out how to deal with the stuff that's out there. Trans stuff is a challenge for me in that I'm old <laughs> and I don't, I don't get it. I have an extreme amount of, of, uh, love for these people and I accept them as human beings, but personally, I believe that they are struggling and this is how they are reacting to that struggle before somebody gets too hot under the collar i will say i believe we all have a struggle and we are all responding and changing ourselves to respond to that struggle if i believe somebody is struggling Am I going to judge them? Am I going to be mean to them? Am I going to mistreat them? Am I going to disrespect them? No. It's like in children's ministry, when I had a kid that was struggling, I actually liked them more. Why? Because they needed me more. They needed acceptance. They needed to know someone loved them unconditionally. They needed a dose of Christ's love. It's a big, hairy mess to care about other people because when you do, it opens you up. I welcome... The opportunity to be challenged. I, I do. And so, Victoria, it was nice to have met you. I hope I get to talk to you again. I have someone in my family that struggles with gender identity. Okay? And she is a beautiful person. Extremely talented. And doesn't know... If she wants to be a dude or a girl. And in her case, I don't think she would have ever come to that 
place in her life had she not been accepted and loved by a peer group that identified as genderqueer. Part of it is as old as time. When you're accepted by the goth kids, you become a goth kid. When you're accepted by the jocks, you become a jock, a prep, the preps, the band geeks, you become a band geek, you know? And so this was the first group that showed my family member any love. And she has now identified with them. She is, I, I, I'll say the word play, playing, but that's, that's minimalizing it. She is experimenting with her identity. And I think she's fine the way she is. I really, really do. I really believe that with all my heart. And I know my opinion doesn't matter worth squat when it comes to somebody else's identity, but she is still in her heart of hearts going to be a beautiful person with an extremely talented. And I will love her and accept her no matter what. I might struggle with pronouns, <laughs> but pronouns are funny, aren't they? They're, they're what, they're, they're what you use when you're talking about them, not while they're there. I'm still Gen X on, on some of this stuff, but I'm trying, aren't I? Aren't I trying? Some of y'all listening don't don't give a crap. You you're like guys are guys and girls are girls, and that's the way God made them. You know, there's I'm from Georgia. There's a very strong you know in my guts. That's the way I was brought up. But 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 I want to meet people where they're at. And and the thing about Jesus is whether you were a prostitute, a tax collector, a rich man, a politician, a fisherman, whatever you were, Jesus met you where you were at. And he didn't start with, hey, you're a prostitute. He started with love and acceptance. And salvation. And that's why I believe people don't have to get cleaned up to take a bath. Nobody is going to die and go to hell because they thought they were a girl instead of a guy. They're going to die and go to hell because they don't know Jesus and him crucified and resurrected. That's why. That's why people go to hell. It's because they don't believe in Christ. And so is it my job to change them? Or is it God's job and the Holy Spirit's job? It's, it's not my job. My job is to spread seed. And some of it will fall where it will grow. Very little of it. There's tons of other places for it to grow. In the weeds, in the road, where the birds can eat it. But there's some good ground out there. And it's not for me to say what's what. I have to accept everyone and love everyone. And be an example to everyone and show that love and then the Holy Spirit, the one that convicts us, the one that changes us and refines us, can make those changes as he sees fit. I mean, I had a guy that he got saved and he played tennis before he got saved. And he was absolutely convinced after he got saved that tennis was wrong because it was something he did as a non-Christian. Eventually, the, he got let off the hook. The Holy Spirit told him, no, no problem. I had another guy that got saved and he was really into D&D. 
uh, Dungeons and Dragons. And, you know, in the 80s, that was the devil's game, you know. Um, if you've ever seen it played, it is, it is not the devil's game. <laughs> I'll just tell you right now. It's a bunch of nerds with notebooks and dice, and they're pretending to be wizards and warriors and dwarves, and it's comically the opposite of anything demonic. So anyway, this guy, he got saved and he asked God, can I, can I still play D and D? And he told me that God told him game on, you know why? Because his soul is what mattered. We had kids in, in the youth group at Sheffield that would get saved and they still sold drugs. And we'd go to a, um, we'd be going to raise money for a, uh, a trip to Mexico for a missions trip. And we'd have to pull some of them aside and say, look, look, don't sell drugs to raise money for this missions trip. It's important for you to actually, you know, raise the money from your friends and family, write the letters, ask for help, tell them what you're doing. This is, this is for them as well as for you. It's for you to be supported by these people instead of you trying to make your own way all the time. You know, God had to get a hold of them at, a, at when they were ready and stop some of their behavior. You know why? Because at the moment it wasn't important. What was important is they got saved, that they accepted and experienced the love of Christ. And then, because you know who the potter is? It's not me. And it's not the person being saved. It's Jesus. And when you first start, you're just a lump. And you have two jobs through the whole process. That is to be still, which means to be faithful and loyal, connected to Christ. And you have to stay flexible, which means you have to stay willing and trusting to allow the potter to do his work. And if the potter gets close and there's an imperfection, He's going to smash it all down. And I think that's what happened in my life is God just kind of started over with me. And I'm still on that journey. I'm 50 freaking years old. I don't know what in the world I'm going to do with the rest of my life. But I know who's in control. I don't know. I, I hope this rings true with some of you because I struggle with the way things are these days. I would love it if things were still simple, if boys were boys and girls were girls. It hurts me that people struggle that hard. But that's where people are at. And I don't have to accept it. I have to accept them. I don't have to celebrate it. But I have to love them. And I'm in a city, you might be in the country where you don't even see this, but I, I'm not. And so I have to, I have to come to Jesus with it. <laughs> I just know that when I shook Victoria's hand, I saw a person, a human being that I, I would, I was very polite to and Why wouldn't I be? See, I used to be so right-wing, hardcore, Rush Limbaugh listening, Sean Hannity, the whole thing. And I hated illegal immigrants. And I hated 
the the welfare welfare system. I'm still not a big fan of the welfare system. But then I was at work at Sheffield in Kansas City, and we had a couple, uh, a Mexican couple, who worked for the church. And then they found out their their uncle had gotten them papers, and you know they were all legal and everything. But then they found out that the papers were e- illegal that they were wrong, that they, they were forged or something. I don't, I don't know all the details, but the uncle had not gotten them. It had gotten them across the border legally, but they all of a sudden, you know, were not allowed to be there and they were deported and it was heartbreaking. It was heartbreaking. They had a home, they had children in school. They, they were working, they belonged here and they were taken away. And then I go to a trip to Mexico and I stand there in a freaking dump where people have set up cardboard houses and are sleeping in the mud. And I look across the river and I see the tops, the signs that are there off the highways. And I'm like, there's work right over there, walking distance, a couple of miles. If my kid was starving, I'd freaking swim this thing too. And you can't stay hardcore right wing and love people. It's probably the most political thing I've ever said in my life. So if you hate me now, quit listening or challenge yourself and open your heart. And understand it's not our job to judge these people. It's God's job to judge people. And people will be judged. You know, one of the reasons why I think that we'll be taken in the rapture in the blink of an eye is because if we got to ascend like Jesus did into the clouds, we would point down at the people and say, Ha! I told you! I told you we were right! I told you! And we would throw it in their faces. I think there would be a significant amount of people that would do that crap. You made fun of us. You put us down in your movies and your media. You didn't believe us. You thought we were crazy. And here we go. God's going to snap us up in an instant because he knows the heart of man. I'm not saying I got it all right and you should be like me. I'm just saying I'm struggling with it. You know, I'm, I'm struggling with it. I'm not making up my mind and just sitting on that and saying, this is the way it is forever now. Blah, 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 blah. I'm saying I'm struggling. I don't know. I don't know. Everybody sins the same Bible says there's no degree of sin. One sin sends you to hell. One sin is, is it. All the rest of them don't matter really, do they? Sinners sin. That's what they do. Why do we get offended at that? Why do we get upset? Well, it starts to affect us to a certain point. Yeah, but we're in America. We're freaking blessed beyond belief. We're not persecuted. Not really. Not really at all. I don't know how I got off on thing like this, but the improv class. <laughs> And, and Victoria. I'm glad to be in a place where I can work out my faith with fear and trembling. That's 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 pretty much where I'm at with that, okay? I'd love to hear your thoughts and your feedback. James at NLCast.com. You know, test and improve your own 
faith and 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 get to know some of these people because I'm telling you it is so easy to do an us and them thing until you're in with them. I don't know, just so many Christians seems to to have separated themselves from anything unholy and it's like that automatically puts you in a place where you think you are holy and that you know God and none of us know God. Cause the minute you, th- you say, I know God, I know this about God, but you, and you have to honestly say, but I don't, I don't understand it all. I don't get it all. I, I think each of us see a, a different facet of God. If we got together and described God, we'd describe a hundred different gods. Not because he is a hundred different gods. God is God. God is one. He is three in one. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. He is one. But there is so much to him that it is completely possible for each of us to have experienced a different part of who he is. Some of us see him as a God full of grace and goodness and blessing and prosperity. And some of us see him as a God that will crush us and we trust him anyway. And now it's time to talk about something else. So I'm thinking about giving up soda. I love soda. I love diet Dr. Pepper. I love diet. Uh, well, Dr. Pepper, um, cherry specifically. And then a and W root beer. It's not called diet anymore. Everything's zero sugar, you know? So I'm thinking about giving it up. Just for my own benefit, I drink a lot of it to the point that I don't even drink water. It's terrible. I know. I I, I have a problem. I, I do. And it's this. I, I don't want to take care of myself. I don't want to do anything for myself that is good. I don't want to eat right. I don't want to exercise. I don't want to do anything that is good for me. And that is something that has to change, but I think I need therapy. (laughs) I really do. I think I hate myself so much that I don't think I'm worthy of being taken care of by myself, you know, like self care. And honestly, I think it's tied to my stepdad and my real dad but I've been to two different counselors and both of them wanted to get into the dad thing. And I ghosted them because I didn't want to get into it because it's that it must be that deep and that hard and that hurtful because I run away and I like to think that I don't have any issues that I outlived all that. And I'm 50. I, you know, what's the point? What's the point of bringing all that up, digging through it, diving through it? You know, what's the freaking point that they're both dead. They're gone. I survived. I have a family. I was a good dad. I beat him. You know, I defeated it. I didn't commit suicide at 43. I didn't mistreat my kids. I I didn't beat them. I didn't make them feel stupid. I didn't mock them. So why, why get into it? But I almost think I'm going to need to because it's not just a lack of self-control. It is that, but it's not just that. It's not laziness. It is that, but it's not all that. 
I don't want to take care of myself. My psychiatrist says, sit out in the sun for 10 minutes a day. I don't want to do it. It's the easiest thing in the world to do. I don't want to do it. Get on the treadmill 10 minutes a day. I don't want to do it. Try to eat less processed food. I don't want to do it. I like processed food. <laughs> I don't want to do it. And I got I to gotta get through that. I got to get over that because I want to live a long time. I want to see my kids and my grandkids. I don't like being fat. I don't like being out of breath, just climbing the stairs and just putting on clothes. Anyway, speaking of getting into shape, a listener has been uh, kind enough to reach out since last week's uh, episode and has offered to be a nutritionist slash coach for me. I have interacted through email and um, I told her, <laughs> I said, I'm, I'm terrible. I might ghost you. You know, I said, but if, if I'm accepted and, and I can come back, then there will be success. But if I get shut down and I can't come back, I'll fail. And she's like, I completely understand. I'm the same way, blah, blah, blah. So I don't know. I don't know. It's like opening up a part of yourself to a stranger. It's so funny because I'm so open about everything, but I've never been open about this. And I don't, I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about John. I don't want to talk about Lewis. I don't want to talk about myself. It's too dark. It's too painful. It's too deep. It's too hidden. And it's tied directly to how I care for myself. I don't know. We'll see. I'm, I, I, I want to, I want to be better. I do. I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. Let's, let's just see what happens, you know, to lighten the mood a little bit. Um, my birthday, I got a device that connects a guitar hero controller. Do you remember guitar hero? You know, you played the guitar and it had the buttons on it and it connects it to my computer and then through a piece of software called Clone Hero, you can play all the songs from all the games and modern songs. You just download them into this software and you can play uh, Guitar Hero with everything. So I've got an MXPX song. I've got Five Iron Frenzy. I've got some Taylor Swift. I've got uh, a, lot of, a lot of good songs. I got Sweet Child of Mine. I love that. I love playing that on Guitar Hero. I have it again and I'm happy. Do, 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 do. I mean, it's, it's so great. So best gift, best gift that my wife has gotten me this year. So very cool. What am I watching, reading and, and stuff like that? Um, I'm trying to, trying to watch guardians of the galaxy on daggum Disney plus, but every time I start it, something interrupts me and I can't, I can't get into it. So I'm really, really struggling. I love Guardians of the Galaxy. I love all the characters. Um, and it looks really good. And I'm about 15, 20 minutes in. But every time I turn it on, something happens. Like literally this uh, past weekend, I turned it on. And my wife broke uh, a big bottle of pink fingernail polish all over the tiles in the bathroom upstairs. And we had to clean that up. And, you know, I never got back to the movie. So... Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, trying to trying to finish that. I, I just read a book called Heart Shaped Box by Joe Hill. 
Um, I don't know who Joe Hill is. It was just something that was suggested. And um, I, I can't recommend it because it's a little graphic. It's probably not a good Christian read. But it was, a, it was an interesting story. And I was ready for something that was just a, a, the equivalent of a popcorn movie after what, reading Grapes of Wrath. You know, because that was hard. That was that was hard. Anyway, I have an email I'd like to read, and then I'll let everybody go. This one's running long. Anyway, this is uh, from BC. I won't give his name because he didn't give me permission to share his identity. Apparently, he's quoting me. I said last week, but Jesus people have to love. He said, just wanted to let you know how encouraging it was to hear your response to that less than kind message you received. Uh, when you began to pray for the man, I was moved to tears as it displayed a truly Christ-like affection. Well, I got whooped, man. I got spanked right there. <laughs> right freaking there, live. It was embarrassing. So it wasn't humbling. It was humiliating is what it was. Because I, I was all set in my mind and then all of a sudden, boom, you know, that's why I know God's real, not because of his many blessings, but because his many taps on my backside. Anyway, there aren't many people who are truly willing to pray for those who persecute them. Well, I wasn't willing either. <laughs> so don't give me any credit where it's not due. I was, I didn't want to, but I did it. At the end of the day, obedience is obedience. And uh, if you do it, I think it counts. <laughs> I really do. In uh, your heart will catch up later. So anyway, I've always enjoyed, maybe it isn't the best word, but I've always benefited from hearing your reflections on GOK. I've never struggled with depression, but I do know that it is just one of many mental health issues that people in my church wrestle with. A lot of people do. Christianity is is a good 10, 15 years behind the rest of the world on understanding depression. They tie the mind and the spirit together. They don't separate them. There is an inner life in us that is separate from biology, but there is very much a mind that is biology, that is physical, and they mix the two so that if there's something wrong with your mind, it must be the spirit, the chemical thing, not having serotonin is real it's a real issue and it has nothing to do with your spirituality so anyway you said you feel like a loser dealing with this but i want you to know that your honesty and how you and your family are impacted is profound you may not realize it but your podcast and the transparency which you speak makes you a good steward of your suffering that hit me like a ton of bricks and it made me realize that the parable of the talents comes into play here. I believe each of us are given a, a talent. And, and on the surface, we always say talents, like playing the piano or good looks or a, 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 a ability to remember things and you know being smart or whatever. But I think it's more like you're just given bags of stuff, like materials, like a, de like a hand in a, in a game of cards. You're given a certain amount of stuff that is your life. And I believe that some of it is good. I believe some of it is struggle. Part of my belief that I have worked through is that I am going to be held accountable for both the talents that I have been given and the struggles that I have been given. 
I put it out on Facebook actually a while back that I said, I have not been a good steward of my suffering. I have only benefited from the talents that I've been given, but I will be held accountable for both my trials and my talents. And some people totally missed the point. And they're like, no, you won't. Cause Jesus loves you and your sins are forgiven. I wasn't talking about sins. I was talking about struggle. I was talking about suffering. I was talking about depression in my case specifically. And I know I'll be held accountable because I did not do good. There's God's grace. I know this, but I did not do well. I did not do well. I've told you guys on this show how I let go of God. And then the, I, I remember it as real as if we were holding hands. And I let go because I didn't have the strength to hold on anymore. And he didn't let go of me. <laughs> And that's when I realized my relationship with God is so insignificant on my end. My contribution is so little and his is so much. And I used to hold on to God like you would freaking hold in a fart and just strain and struggle. And I'm going to hold on like you're holding on to a bar or a rope. And if I let go for a minute, I'm going to slip and slide and I'm going to ruin it. And it's going to be worse than it was. But um, my part of the relationship is just a willingness to let him hold me. So anyway, he says, you provide the world with wonderful a wonderful example of what Paul says in 2 Corinthians 1, 3-4. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us with in all our afflictions so that we may be able to comfort those in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves were comforted by God. Man, I love... <laughs> The Bible, nothing like the Bible to confuse a simple concept. <laughs> you got this affliction and then you got this comfort and the affliction comfort and the comfort affliction. So anyway, you are helping others directly by sharing your journey. At the same time, you are also helping indirectly by equipping folks like me to be able to serve others who are struggling. Please know that I am praying for you and your family, uh, your friendly internet troll BC. So thank you. Your emails mean a lot. I share them not to prop myself up, but, but, but because I respond to them and I feel my responses are so trite and small because it is a struggle. And I feel like I'm better vocally because you guys put so much in your emails and it's so hard for me to give through text I don't know why, but when I can interact with it like this, it's better for me. It's easier for me. So BC, I hope you've heard this. I, I know I responded to you in email, but now I got to interact with you and I hope it was good. I hope it was better. I don't know that I believe everything you said, but it's very nice of you to say so. But I hope that uh, it, it does benefit people. Guys and girls, I have to go. My son needs to be picked up. Thank you so much for listening. This episode has been brought to you by our patrons. With special thanks to Carrie Wright, Carrie Bernhardt. Become a sponsor today at patreon.com slash GOK. 
and your support goes directly into helping me <laughs> and supporting me and these podcasts. It helps. It helps. And uh, we'll see you guys next week. Uh, email me, james at nlcast.com. Follow me uh, on all of the social media. Usually it's at NLCast or at that story show. And we'll see you guys next week. Bye.